Listen, buddy, if you're looking for the Diet Frozen Yogurt Bar, it went out of business last summer. Actually, I'm looking for a Batman number 14. Constantly caffeinated Clinton Robison, and welcome to the Coffee and Comics Podcast. For those of you not paying attention, it is once again JL May, and I have been lucky enough to once again be asked to participate. For those of you completely in the dark, we are diving into DC's big crossover event, Blackest Night. The coverage will span multiple podcasts and various episodes. But this episode is dedicated to looking at issue number five of the main crossover event. If you've come to me out of order, feel free to check out the podcast of Oa, Chris and Reggie's Cosmic Treadmill, The Idle Head of Diablo, The Fire and Water Network, and Head Speaks for issues zero through four coverage. Coverage after this will be continuing in The Long Box Crusade, and the Lantern cast for the main event, as well as many other shows for some crossover coverage. Gotta love those tie-ins. Anyway, for those who are unfamiliar with all The Blackest Night and what it is, it is, or was, or what have you, a 2009-2010, because it happened at the end in first, whatever, anyway, 2009-2010 event from DC centering on the Green Lantern family of titles, but reaching out into the greater DCU. The central plot revolves around dead heroes and villains in the DCU being reanimated by a collection of black rings. Okay, so for further discussion and backstory, be sure to check out the podcast mentioned earlier. For right now, though, we're diving right into it. Blackest Night, number five. Writer, Jeff Johns. Pencils, Ivan Rice. Inks by Eau Claire Albert and Joe Prado. Colors by Alex Sinclair. And letters by Nick J. Napolitano. We open on the planet Riot in the Sector 666. If that's not ominous, I don't know what it is, folks. Guardians Ganthet and Sade stand there with assembled representatives of the various Lantern Corps. Hal Jordan, Sinestro, Star Sapphire Carol Ferris, Indigo One, Saint Walker, Atrocitus, and Larfleas. They have come looking for the Black Lantern, which isn't there. But before they can leave for their true destination, they have to power up in a stunning display for the readers. Meanwhile, on Earth, the Black Lantern is right in the middle of Coast City. A little on the nose, Mr. Johns. 
Wally West and Barry Allen are doing their flash thing to try breaking through a horde of undead to get to the shrouded figure and his companion, Black Hand, who is clutching the skull of Bruce Wayne. Yes, Bruce is dead at this moment in history. Just deal with it. Or he's dead, quote unquote. Again, just, just roll with it. About that time, a cavalry crew of other various heroes arrives. Meanwhile, in Manhattan, we see Ray Palmer and Mara fighting more Black Lanterns. But the real important stuff is happening back in Coast City! Kid Flash Bart Allen informs everybody that Dove is somehow immune to the Black Lantern effects, and she demonstrates by lighting up in a white light that seems to be putting the undead at bay. As the flashes get close to the Black Lantern itself, they are assaulted by the Guardian of the Black Lantern. Seriously, a Guardian for the Black Lantern. But instead of blue, it's all black and zombified. Again, just roll with it. But at that moment, the assembled Rainbow Lanterns show up and make short work of this Black Guardian. They then turn their combined powers on the central Black Lantern itself, and by their powers combined... No, Captain Planet doesn't appear. They also don't really do much in the way of damage like they expected. Donna Troy, having been bitten by a Black Lantern, is beginning to turn. Meanwhile, a black ring flies out of the lantern and strikes Bruce's skull, thus causing our heroes to face Black Lantern Batman, who, just before returning to death, sends rings out to the heroes who have died, including Wonder Woman, Superman, Green Arrow, Bart Allen, Ice, Animal Man, and Connor Kent Superboy. They stand with the formerly shrouded figure, the Lord of the Dead, Necron. Two more black rings are in pursuit of Hal and Barry. And if you've been paying half a smidge of attention, you'll realize this moment is downright scary. Alright, time to take a quick promo break and I'll be back with some other thoughts. John Jones of Mars. ago, a crashing wave of light erupted across the DC Universe. A multicolored spectrum of energy bathed the cosmos in a war of light. 
Rage clashed against passion. Hope sought to stifle fear. Greed to choke out compassion. And in the middle of it all, the will to keep going and fight for all. Now this war has come to the surface of our planet, because while the light fights, the darkness rises. Hero, villain, friend, foe, family. Across the universe, the dead have risen, and it's going to take every available podcaster to fight back. In 2016, we covered the dawn of the Justice League with Justice League Year One. In 2017, we soaked in the seminal justice. Last year, we threw it back to the Silver Age. But this year's JLMA podcast event covers an event that knows not the boundaries of death itself. JLMA covers Blackest Night in celebration of the event's 10-year anniversary. Our coverage begins on April 30th with the podcast of OA and proceeds through the entire month of May with Chris and Reggie's Cosmic Treadmill, The Idolhead of Diablo, The Fire and Water Podcast, Head Speaks, Coffee and Comics Podcast, Longbox Crusade, Waiting for Doom, Task Force X, The Starman Manhunter Adventure Hour, The Dr. DC Podcast, The Birds of Prey Podcast, Justice's First Dawn, and Ends with the Lantern Cast. So join us this May, because across the DC Universe, the dead have risen. Where will you be? Welcome back. If you're still huddled under a blanket after that last page reveal, I don't blame you. It's highly impressive and downright chilling if you're highly invested in the story. So I'm going to look at the art first. Ivan Rice's work is downright beautiful to look at, folks. I mean, it's not even up for debate. These are beautiful pages, and he draws the characters practically perfectly. The colors are incredible, too. Characters pop against a black and gray background, and really in ways that shouldn't even be possible. Heck, even the Black Lanterns, who you'd think would blend into the background, given that they are all the same color, they just pop out as well. Oh, heck, even the lettering is great. So that leaves us with the writing, huh? Well, I guess this is the point that is a bit of a gray area, and that's saying something in a black and gray book. I mean, a lot of people might get kind of grumpy about how things happen, etc., etc., but let's be honest with ourselves. This is Johns pulling the DCU together to wrap up several years' worth of Green Lantern stories. As far as writing a single issue, uh, this one is fairly well done. I mean, it's the start of the second half of this event, so it's great to see the plot moving forward and the action starting to ramp up, but this is just the barest taste of what we might really be getting to look forward to. 
overall, it's amazing. Scenes like the charging of the rings, the combining of the powers, Black Lantern Batman revealed, and the turning of the heroes are incredible. I remember the first time I read through this being stunned at Batman and the heroes being turned for sure. Gave me chills. Honestly. Looking back ten years later, it's not quite as shocking and pretty expected from John's or really any event like this. But that's what comes with an extended experience with comics, and especially with the same writer. New readers to this event will most likely experience a similar excitement as I felt if they haven't been spoiled on what happens. Given that this is a middle issue of the event, I wouldn't suggest getting it just on its own, obviously. However, this is still an enjoyable read, and it sets you up for the big action moments just waiting to happen. For those wanting to continue on their Blackest Night journey, Issue 6 is going to be covered by The Longbox Crusade, and then Issues 7 and 8 will be on The Lantern Cast. Again, if you are needing the parts leading up to this, those podcasts were mentioned at the beginning of this episode and in the show notes. Other participants looking at crossover episodes are Waiting for Doom, which will be looking at the Doom Patrol issues, Task Force X podcast, which will look at the Suicide Squad and Secret Six issues. Justice's First Dawn will be looking at the Justice League issues. The Starman Manhunter Adventure Hour podcast will look at the Starman issue. Uh, Dr. DC podcast will be covering the Booster Gold issues. And Feathers and Foes will be contributing with coverage of the JSA tie-in. I'm also looking at some of the crossover issues myself, although briefly in an upcoming episode. I'll be dealing with the Adventure Comics issues and the Untold Tales of Blackest Night one-shot. So feel free to come back for those after checking out the rest of these incredible podcasts and their coverage of this event. Oh, don't you love that crossover? That one that we love to call J.L. May. Alright, one more quick promo break and I'll be back with some listener feedback. He has been challenged to read all the comics he has collected. This podcast will summarize, review, and reminisce about a single comic book issue and the time period somewhat chronologically by release date. He keeps a stack of comics near his bedside for when the time is right. Who is this interesting comic fan and what is the podcast? Hello, my name is Pat. I don't normally do podcasts about the comic books I read, but when I do, I podcast about them on The Longbox Crusade. Listen to it on iTunes, Stitcher, or on thelongboxcrusade.com and check out the Facebook page. Read them all, my friends. To tell you the story of Green Lantern is to tell you the story of the birth of a universe. The origins of DC as a whole. It's a magic emerald meteor from space in the 1940s. It's the establishment of the JSA. It's the birth of the Silver Age. It's the introduction of a universal police force. It's the formation of the JLA. It's the emergence of the multiverse. It's a crisis in both space and time. It's an emerald dawn. And it's an emerald twilight. It's the brightest day. And the blackest night. And the Lantern cast covers all of this and everything in between. 
We're Green Lantern's greatest advocates and fiercest critics. We've been fans for years, and it's the reason we're self-proclaimed Lanternologists. So find us on iTunes and Stitcher and give us a listen. Because the history of Green Lantern really is the history of the DC Universe. And we've got the interviews, commentaries, reviews, and more to back it up. Alright, and we're back. Last episode, which covered the Monster Machine Teen Titans story, got Twitter love from my best friend of the world, Travis of Samaria, Justice's First Dawn, Comics in the Golden Age, Professor Frenzy, Trekker Talk, Paul Matthew Carr, Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, Chris at BTO and Bat Books, Longbox Crusade, Ken Holtzhauser, Sean from Secret Wars and Beyond, Into the Weird, Zach Sally, Nightstar357, John Stinson Ferdinand, Rad Adventures Network, Warlord Worlds, Alan Middleton, The Hammer Strikes, Sphinx Magoo, PJ Smith, Charlton Hero, and J. Jones Goldstein. Over on Facebook, we got likes and shares from Bill Beer, Gene Hendricks, Max Traver, Reggie Hancock, Jerry Green, Al Sedano, Ranger Gord, Pat Sampson, Ivan Chudley, Paul Spataro, and Ruth and Darren Sutherland. Most of the feedback on the last episode was pretty general. Everybody seemed to really enjoy the uh, audio approach to the issue. <laughs> uh, one person called it uh, similar to listening to a radio drama, and another said it was perfect listening for a Saturday morning, just like curling up with Saturday morning cartoons. So I appreciate it, everyone. And I believe that will wrap it up. So... Remember to come back here in just, you know, another week or so, and we will look at the last little bits of our coverage of Blackest Night. But do please check out everybody participating. Just get on Twitter and look up hashtag JLMay. You'll find us. Don't worry. If that fails, check JLMay2019. But I'm sure we're out. you'll find us out there, and you can always find links in the show notes. So, until next time, this is the place where the comics are never too old, and the coffee is never too cold. This has been a Coffee and Comics production. All material referenced herein is copyright the respective owners, and is believed covered under fair use. Feedback can be left by emailing coffeeandcomicspodcast at gmail.com, visiting the website at coffeeandcomicspodcast.blogspot.com, or on Twitter at Coffee Comics BLG.